Turf Talk. We're at Cheltenham again this weekend. Looking forward to a competitive card, a couple of interesting events in Ireland on the Sunday as well. Headlining a busy enough weekend for the boys. It's been a busy week for Jim Watson as well, hasn't it, pal? 24, Upland boy. Yeah, being the grand old age of 24. Um, nothing exciting now apart from you just get socks for your birthday, really, don't you? Um, hopefully we can provide a few winners for this weekend and send me into the weekend fairly happy. We're back-to-back naps last week. 6-1 to one Ashdown lad winning the beach shift was... was Something to be quite happy about and not as Harry's, happy as Harry Skelton was crossing the finishing line. I wish I could do that. Yeah, that was mint. And anyone moaning about it on Twitter really needs to need to grow up and enjoy life. Eddie the Eagle style. Right? It was well, unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. I loved it. I love jockeys and trainers giving it the big one and calling each other out. We are far too polite in this sport. Uh only a minute in and we've already found something to moan about, not like us. Uh, but as I said, Jim, Cheltenham, the main focus of the UK action this weekend. Punchestown and Cork as well in Ireland on Sunday. I say we don't have final declarations for them recording on Thursday, but maybe a little touch. Uh, that's certainly where we'll see the highest quality action. We've all been well if it goes ahead in Ergumene. And Gallop and Deschamps making their reappearances. Cheltenham, though, mate, two-day card. Uh, before we get stuck into the Saturday, which we'll have a proper discussion about, out for you on Friday. Um, I, I was getting a bit giddy about the Crossroads chase during the week, Lewis will know. Um, I saw someone we were offering 33-1 to 1 back on the last. They obviously knew that that race was going to be postponed. Um, I, I, that novice hurdle, I think, will be interesting. Uh, attacker has now become a vacable prize for me. I thought he was a little bit short during the week. He's out to nine to two. He may want a little bit further than two miles in time, um, as he all he did was plod on last time at Kempton and won fairly causably in the end. Uh, I've got question mark about the form of of the favourite in that. And Gentle Slope's making his his hurdle debut, uh, and the temperament, the time for a tune is not something I'd I'd be backing at this moment. But attacker has become a backable prize for me now at nine to two. Um, nothing in the handicap chase or the mare's race. Um, switch hitter is of interest for me. Very likely racing in a field full of experienced rivals. Um, won at Hereford last season. Um, off a mark of one three four, two pound higher than winning that Hereford race. I'd I'd be willing to be on his side. I, I think he'll go fairly far with it likes to be ridden forward if he gets in a rhythm. Uh, we've seen Cheltenham this season be very difficult uh, to peg horses back that are in front uh, on the chase course. So I'd be siding with him at eights in a exposed field. Uh, and in the handicap hurdle, Mullenbeg's done a lot of progression in, in a quick amount of time and up to a mark of 114. Um, a £7 penalty might not be enough to Operating attracts in a in a race that's got some nice horses in behind, but I think there's still a lot of improvement to come off that mark, and I'd be disappointed if she isn't there or thereabouts. Uh, not not a bet for me in the last race, but I'm excited to see Dusar back kicking um, off his season over hurdles. We saw him beat Sounds Russian last season over fences. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they target him with a bit of a stay hurdle campaign, but. 
Um, he's had the wind up this season. and If he's just going to be winning big races this season, I think he, he should be winning that. But 2-1 to is a little bit on the skinny side for me. But um, not a, a great punting card on the Friday for me. A big disappointment about the cross-country. But um, hopefully Mullenbeg more than likely going to be the main bet. Yeah, nothing particularly strong for me on Friday, pal. Uh, half interested in under supervision, the Grim Fork winner and Eva's Oscar in the handicap chase. I fully get why Commodore's favourite, the Yard of Flying, you know, won the won the race last year. I, I'm 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 not mad sure about him off this mark at the minute though. Uh, I think he'll need to be better than ever to win off one four two. So they'd be the two for me. To take him on with, and again, I I I get why Mullenbeg's five for that uh, handicap hurdle, but I'd give any harm in asking another go. Myself five to one is is a very fair price for for the Jonjo and Jonjo horse. Obviously, I know we beat Con- we all know we beat Constitution Hill in a point, but I thought he shaped well at Huntingdon on Sunday. Uh, turned out again quickly. Uh, they'd be the ones of most interest for me. Uh, I'm not sure whether I'll. I'll actually end up backing any of them though, mate, uh, based on the current prices. On to Saturday though, mate, you like one in the 12.05, the juvenile hurdle uh, triumph trial. Yeah, I fully respect Nurse at the, at the head of market on horse. I had an awful lot of time for on the flat, um, running the Melrose off a mark of 91, so a fairly high racy flat recruit going into the jump season this year. Uh, and his hurdle debut was. More than acceptable, beating Morning, Morning Soldier and second Calico, who we saw last weekend in that crap, uh, listed Philly's juvenile hurdle run a decent enough race there and, and backed the fall up a little bit and jumped better than most in that race, Nurse Wet last time and, and asserted his dominance a long way out. Question, question about his temperament off the bridle. So if he's found off the bridle here, I'd be slightly worried. Um, six to four is a short enough price for a juvenile hurdle race for me. The horse that is of interest is Alma Hit uh, of Denny Fogans. Um, I saw him five times on the flat with John Gosden, impeccably red, um, related to the Gruder, the Oaks King George winner, Saka Red, who was rated 88 on the flat, and Alma Go Red, uh, half brother, rated 103. Um, beautifully bred, picked up for sixty-seven thousand at the horses in training sales, um, and I thought this for a while. Uh, as soon as he won at Haydock beating Hello Jamira, he stood out to me as he wanted a hurdle. Uh, he was so slow away from the stalls, he, he could quite easily throw him in the towel from there. Um, coming around the bend for home, he wasn't even in camera shot. Um, our jester, who we've seen. Um, Dominates from the national flat races last season, um, was in the race, made a strong gallop, and he just carried on plodding and plodding over a mile and four. And it's like the turbo kicked in with the last furlong to go, and he absolutely flew past. A, a decent field, Hello Jamiro was in that on the flat, who's rated 84. Um, he was then stepping at Kempton behind a horse of Marco Botti's. He was slowing to stride again. Uh, a big move on the outside. They quickened into the straight, uh, straight, and he just didn't have that turn of foot, but carried on running onto the line and just couldn't beat. There were horse that made all that day, and the bottomless ground didn't seem to best affect Doncaster. But all the hurdles here for the first time, 
Um, cheap pieces re- replaced the blinkers. And I just thought he was a bit of a better 20 to 1 for a yard who don't often pay an awful this much amount of money for a horse uh, as well bred as him. I think he's been screaming out for a hurdle for a while. And, and 20 to 1 is a price that can get me a little bit excited about that. Um, Daniel King taking the five pound off. From what I've seen of him, I don't know an awful lot about him, but I, he's more than uh, accreditable for his five pound claim. And um, I will be backing him tomorrow. That's what we want to see, mate, in it on a week where the authorities, those boring bastards, have cracked down on Ronan McNally and his alias DP Dunn. The one thing we want to see to make sure racing stays in the hands of the good guys is a Dennis Hogan winner at Cheltenham. That's what we all want to see. Put a smile on anyone's face, but the case you've made is fair, pal. The novice chase is not much point in discussing it. Mon Morales 11 to 4 on to beat Kisses for Katie. And art approval, I know I'm the biggest Kisses for Katie fan in the world, uh, but I think she's got a job on beating Mon Morales. She might be the only runner left because that, if that ground's quick enough, I don't, I don't think they'd risk Mon Morales. You know? Mate, a win's a win. I take a win. I like the W, I like the one. I will happily see another walkover if it's Kisses for Katie winning it, especially at Cheltenham. What a place. Uh, <laughs> one fifteen, mate. This is an interesting race. The Lysitz Insurance Brokers Handicap Chase. Editor de G is 11-4 to four to beat Gumball, who's 9-2. Timewire is 11-2. And Dolos is 6-1. to one. Really, we need to see this lot racing against each other less than anyone needed to see Fury fight Chisora again. This could have been at Ascot the other week. It has, this race has already happened 15 times. Uh, the Widowmaker's 13 to 2. Uh, same price third time, Lucky. 10's Princess Gus and 33 to 1. Us and them. Anything for you in here, pal? Uh, the Widowmaker, obviously, the Tizard horse. I thought he was a little bit overpriced. Yeah, he could be. He stepped up to 2 4 last time, and that's something I thought he'd been wanting to do for a while, but he did far too much in front. Stepping him back down to two miles. Uh, he was disappointed over the course and distance behind Dad's lad. He was well beaten that day. His jumping went to pot a little bit. Um, stable yard aren't exactly flying. A little bit worry, worry. But at 13-2 is a price of each way interest. Um, the horse that does interest to me is the old boy, even though he's not so old, I feel like he's been around for years, he's Gumball. Um he was fourth on seasonal reappearance after mark of 137, behind time, White Ferrero, Bamboo, and before midnight. Uh, he's down to a mark of 135. Liam Harrison takes his £3 uh, claim off. You just throw your brain back to a few years, back to 2020, uh, and the novice chase uh, grade two, when he was with Billy Fobbs and Eldorado Allen won the race. We've seen what he's gone on to do. He was flying out in front in that race, if you remember rightly, over the course and distance. And he fell to out when looking like he had the race absolutely sealed up. Um, he's shown some of his best form at Cheltenham uh, in that performance. Uh, all of it, he was pulled up in the Grand Annual in, in horrible conditions. Better ground suits him. Um, and off a mark of 135, I think he makes of interest. Uh, Liam Harrison's three-pound claim works wonders. He's had a wind operation. Um, 
he sometimes just needs to run and winning between races has, has been few and far between. But at nine to two, I think he's he's a price that I will be backing him at on Saturday. Um, I can't believe he's only eight. I've only just realised that. Um, feels like he has been around for years because when he, I think he was in the years of Apple Shakira in juvenile hurdles, if I'm right. Very possibly, mate. Although I don't think that anyone who who know more about Apple, Apple Shakira than you, pal. Yeah, I'd be intrigued to know where she is nowadays. Um, see if she's still still around. Um, but yeah, I, I thought Umbar was of interest at nine to two. Um, I know he was behind time white, better off at the weights here. Um, like you said, it, it's a race that I feel like I've seen already, and and he just offered up a little bit of value. Editor Deji won this race um, last year uh, off a mark, uh, eight pound higher, I think. Um, and I, he'd need to step on again. Um, he ran okay in that race behind Dazlad, but just never really had enough. And I think the handicap has got him in the grips. Um, he's sort of in the middle, isn't he? He's not, he's not quite a graded chaser, but now he's too high in the handicap, too winning handicaps. Um, so I'd be willing to take him on at 11 to 4. Uh, I'd be intrigued to know what you fancy, Lou. Do either of the nickel pair interest you? No, mate. I'd, I, I think Editor Dejit will win. Yeah. Uh, you said he ran okay, mate, but he ran a very, very odd race because he's a front runner who puts everyone to the sword. That, that's his te- you know, tactic. Go out, he jumps boldly, and he says, keep up with me if you can. And they r- railroaded him so quietly on his return. It was so strange, and it's, you know, when you get those advocates of like they do in, in other jurisdictions to be like, oh, you've got to inform the stewards of a jockey change, uh, or a change of tactics, sorry. I'm not a fan of that, because, you know, it, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's your horse, you're going out there to ride, ride your race. I know people are punting, like, but, you know, if, if you punt on on a football team, Midweek, and then you see the lineup, and you know what I mean. And it turns out that they're in, they're playing, I don't know, Diamante Kamara up front instead of Lionel Messi. Well, tough luck. <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, but with Edith Dzeji, I, I, I just thought he, he he looked like a, a horse who would probably, I think, be half capable of picking up Grade Twos. This season, fine record at Cheltenham. You know, he was also fourth in the Grand Annual. Uh, last time just looked like a sighter for this. Uh, I think if he's ahead after the first few flights, uh, he'll come home in front. There will be a hell of a lot of pace on him this race, though, and he won't get an easy lead. Gumball, who I like, likes to go forward. Um, the Widowmaker. We saw him go forward over too far. We saw him go over two miles over course and distance, and he was forward. Um, and he's a fairly headstrong horse, so it might set a, set the race up to a closer, such as Time White, which we saw in best uh, best effects at Ascot two starts back. Um, that's my worry with Editor DG. If if they go forward with him, he will be taken on. I think he just throws his toys out the pram a little bit. We saw that in the. He didn't throw him out completely, but he had a little bit of a sulk in the Grand Annual. And 
because he couldn't get in for it. I'm not saying he needs to go forward. Like we saw last time, he was held up, ran a, a, an OK race. But there will be a lot of pace in this race. I know that's something stupid saying a two-mile handicap chase, but there's a lot of headstrong horses in this. No, that, that that's a fair comment. That's a very fair comment, mate. Uh, moving on to the feature race of the weekend, the December Gold Cup, uh, over two and a half miles. They currently bet for it. Il Ridotto, my old mate, tops the betting at nine to two. Stolen silver six to one. Warlord and Frero Bamboo eights. Same price, fantastic lady. Twelves, simply the bets. Fugitive, Coconut Splash and Dayron de Carjac. Fourteens bar them. Uh, where are you going here, mate? It's an absolute head scrap to this race. I've changed my mind. Every day this week, every every morning I wake up and I've got a different horse in mind. Il Ridotto, will he stay? Um, we've had that question mark for a while. Stolen Silver, you know what you're going to get, but is he handicapped to the rooftops? Warlord's form last season makes me think he want this step up trip, and he may just be slightly too high in the weights for me. Frero Bamboo over this distance, I've got question marks. Fantastic lady, she needs to improve again. From Mayors races into open company. Good luck if you're backing a Maxwell horse. Um, the horse that I did land on, and I'm willing to give one more try to, and I don't know if I'm insane or not, is Coconut Splash. Uh, this is the first time they're running in a proper big field handicap. This is what I've been praying Evan Williams does for him for a while, and he is only seven. He's been beaten by the Widowmaker, who, who was the early on in the card. Um, he bumped into into Overdrive, who was behind Lahom Press last time. Um, and he was behind Kiltini Briggs, who'd won a, a good chase last season, uh, this season. And I just thought off a mark of 1-3-2, thought for a very long time, that's a, that's a very winnable mark. Uh, it had a nice reappearance at Weatherby. Um, and I thought at 12 to 1, he offered a little bit of each way value. They're more than likely going to be five places in this. Um, and I, I thought I'd be willing to give him one more go. Uh, he's got lots of twos and threes next to his name. Um, and after finishing second to Imperial Alcazar on debut at Aintree, uh, under rules and winning at, at Weatherby, I thought he'd be a lot better than a 1 3 2 horse. But he's yet to show that. Um, and hopefully he, he, he can show his best colours. Another horse that was of interest, I thought, was Soul Pretender. We've mostly seen him over two miles. Um, stepping up in trip to two miles four, I think, something that he wants. His pedigree would suggest that. A lot of time we've seen him run over two miles over hurdles, and he, he's, he's, he's won comfortably. But the times he has been stepped up in trip, he's not been disgraced. He did win off the mark of 137 in a handicap hurdle over two four. Um, he was fifth behind Classical Dream in the Punchers Town Stayers, uh, beating a fair way, but he wasn't disgraced in, in what was a, a hot race. Um, and he was third most recently behind Bambridge. Uh, he just lacked that per- turn of pace for, for the Arkle trial. Um, and he plodded on well enough, ran through the line. Mark of 145, I think he's interesting. Um, five pound claim off his back is is more than helpful, and I think at fourteen to one, stepping up in trip, he's a horse I'd rather keep on the right side of. Another one at a bigger price, 
he's up seven pounds for his win last time, but I think it was a fairly decent run beating some nice horses. It was Fern Hill. Uh, he won at Utoxeter. He's relatively unexposed in, in big field races, and he will need to improve again here off a mark of 140. But he bumped into nothing to ask at Chepstow early season. Now, nothing to ask has come out again and won um, at Doncaster beating some nice horses. He's two from two over fences, that horse. And Fern Hill put aside serious charges, Bear Gills, Range Road, Arizona Cardinal, who are no mugs in their own right. Um, he jumped them into submission and jumped effortlessly. Down two furlongs, which I don't think he's no issue. He, has been, he was campaigned over three a little bit towards the end. But I think two falls about what he wants. Um, a mark of 140 may be a little bit high now, but he's, a, he's progressing with every run. And I'm hoping that he's a bit of interest for me at 20 to 1. Um, it's not a race I'm, I, I'd like. I'm not a fan of any of the horses at the top of the betty, so I will probably be more each way towards this field, but um, a real head scratch for me this race. Uh, I get that, mate, but I've 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 got a, a fairly solid fancy in the shape of stolen silver. You know, one here at the April meeting, and he he unseated obviously on his comeback in the Paddy Power, but he was still going out of the time when he was unseated free out. Uh, Sam Thomas just knows how to win. Big handicaps, six to one. Oh, I think he wins the race, but I also think if you back him each way, you at least get your money back. I, I find it very, very hard uh, to knock him out of the frame, and I think he's the one that will take the beating. The other one I thought was interesting at the prices. Uh, bear in mind, I, I probably should mention Hillary Dottle, given he, I put him in the in the turf talk twelve. Problem for me again is just I don't think he's he's a two and a half miler yet. I thought he shaped, you know, again shaped as if a horse who wanted two miles in the paddy pot. I thought he ran well for a long way and just didn't get up the hill. And I thought he looked like a non-stayer and I think he's a bad favourite. Uh, the other one I'd, I'd have half in mind was Fugitive. You know, he, he travelled really well for a long, a long way behind Amarillo Sky over two miles. Here at the November meeting, OK, maybe he didn't fully go through with his finishing effort. Hopefully we can put that down to him still being a little bit ring rusty. I think he'll shape as if he'll stay this far. Uh, a mark of one three three. I think that could prove to be on the lenient side, but stolen silver the main selection for me in the race. Stamina is just the question mark with me with Fugitive. Because the times he has tried to for, he's been fairly comfortably beaten. Um, that was in a grade one though, wasn't it? And he's rated he's rated 133. But you know, even the time first time out on the hurdles, he was. I know that's that's something you can possibly take with a pinch of salt. Um, but he was a fair fair way behind, wasn't he? Uh, for me, like I say, the first time out of hurdles isn't something I'd I'd pay attention to to nowadays because I think you know he's a completely different model of a horse and. Uh, you know, the Silly Isles was a grade one. He was out of his depth anyway. Uh, so I I still am happy enough to have him down as being unexposed at the trip. And given the way he's shaped over two miles, yeah, I, 
I, I can see it being a possibility. He might end up being he might end up being an, an early hotel mark too that he can run all right over the trip without it actually being his best. Uh, yeah. But I thought Tulsa was a fair price. Yeah, that's understandable. It's a real head scratching for me. Um, like I said, three darts at it, and I'm still not entirely confident. Stolen silver might be my weekend nap, to be fair, mate. <laughs> oh, we love a big field handicap now. Yeah, I just think he's a cracking price. I think he's a cracking price. Moving on to the international hurdle. Do you know what, Jim? I think this is a more interesting renewal of the race than it has been for a while. Epitome is six to four to be I like to move it who's fifteen to eight. Mathis Hill is four to one. First straight fifteen to two and Zafanian a hundred to one outsider. Epiton, decent opportunity for for a rear mate, is it? Yeah, I'd like to think so, but there's there's three nice progressive types in behind. Um no offence to, to the Dennis Organs uh who will be winning the first race. Um however Epiton I can't run acceptably first time out and beat not so sleepy in the rest of the field of course bumped into the absolute superstar in Constitution and Hill um, she's the right price uh, she should be favourite and I, I think she will take the beating the horse that is of interest in that he was I fancy two weeks ago and I think he is overpriced in a race uh, such as this, his first streak, and it's a fairly quick turnaround, but it's the same amount of turnaround as Epiton. Um, first streak ran off the same mark in the county hurdle last season as I like to move it. Now, he was second to State Man. Meanwhile, I like to move it was 18 and never really in the race. I know this is a lot smaller race, um, and I just thought that the prices, at the prices, they were possibly wrong just on that, that line of form. I I really like what First Street did last time, giving all that weight to Grivatana. Um, and I thought it was unfair on First Street to be that price. We saw what Napa's Hill um, did at Wing Canton, scooted away from the field and, and completely surprised me. Um, I thought Harry's got, uh, Harry Cobden nicked that race. Um, I do think he's, he's going to be better over further. Um, but an enterprising ride from the front was what saw that. Uh, and he would need to improve again to be to um, to be along the likes of I like to move it in first street in my opinion. Even though he is a pound higher uh, than I like to move it, um, an interesting race. I think it's going to be a tactical one, and I I personally um, think that Epiton should win this race. Um, however, I think. First Street is overpriced at 15 to 2, and I will more than likely play the forecast. Um, however, um, I do respect Napa's Hill, but I, I think it's 6 to 4. Epitome's a, a, a solid bet, and I, I won't be going in ham, but First Street for a scummy each way, um, second place, I will be. I've backed First Street. Have you? I have, yeah. I have. I looked at the race earlier and I just didn't understand why he was that price. Uh, you know, chasing home state man in a county hurdle off off one four two, which is the same mark as I like to move it, won the great wood from. And I'm a big I like to move it fan. I think he's a smashing 
admirable horse who should be able to make his mark felt in this grade. But one is sub two to one and one is fifteen to two. And everything you've said there, Jim, there is not that much between them on what they have achieved so far. There just mm-hmm. isn't. Uh I've also I had mine money on Epiton earlier in the week. Uh against six to four, I'd have her a shade shorter. She on paper she just needs to run to form. Yeah. Uh, and given she, I think she's been a fairly consistent. So okay, she's not you know the undisputed champion any, anymore, but she really has built built herself up a, a, a pretty solid series of performances. Whether she wins or loses, it she tends to run to a, a pretty similar figure. Uh, oh, runner up in a champion hurdle. She won an Aintree hurdle. Met an absolute freak at Newcastle last time. This will be much easier. She gets weight from from all the boys, only apart from Zafanian, obviously. But you know, on these terms, she runs to form. She wins. Uh, of the, I guess the three main dangers. I fully get why I like to move it second half, uh, because he's such a likeable horse, and he created a really, really good impression in winning the Greatwood last winning time. That, that that Greatwood bumper. It, it no, do you know what it, it was? It, it, it looked like people. It looked people. It looked like other horses were coming to get in Jim, and you know he reeled them in and spat them back out, and. I, I think the runner-up was a well-handicapped horse, Jim Coco. His form, even though, yes, they they didn't jump everything and it might have been a little bit of, a little bit of an unsatisfactory race uh, in that regard. I think a, a good horse, an upwardly mobile horse, and I, I think as a novice, I like to move it, threatened that sort of performance. And he's beat another unexposed horse who will be winning good ones this season. So I have no reason to to knock the form, even though, you know, you don't really want to be seeing flights at vital stages being uh, being taken out. Nappers Hill obviously won, won the Elite Hurdle. He comes here off a of four-timer, having also won the Silver Trophy at Chepstow. Just think this is a little bit, a bit of a tougher test. And that he he probably wasn't as good last season as first three, or I like to move it. Obviously improved because he wouldn't have been beating so well on last season's efforts. Uh, I take this as, as a little bit of a step up again. And it, uh, the bet on first three is a price one. It's a price one. It should be shorter than 15 yeah. to 2. If I like to move it, it's sub 2 to 1. Yeah. You can get 9 to 2 first three without the favour. That's something that, that interests me a lot. Yeah, I, I don't mind that about all. I don't mind that about all. But I also don't mind anyone backing Epiton at six to four. I think if you wanted to uh, plough into one at a at a shorter price in a graded race, I, I think this is this is one of the more solid options. Although that being said, I've also said this so far this season about Aplutar and Shushkin. <laughs> also, how good will it be if Epiton absolutely bolts up here? That will just put into to theory how. How good Constitution Hill actually is. Oh yeah, it'd be, it'd be brilliant. I, I don't think she will. I don't think she's that sort of horse nowadays. 
if I was to bet on the spread, I'd say less than five lengths. But because, like I say, I, I think our opposition are all decent. I really do. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of the other three. Uh, I think they need to up their game slightly to to get rid of Aria. Uh But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, mate. It, 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 is, it is a good race. It is a good race this year. Yeah, it's nice to see the international actually return to being a decent race, maybe because they've got rid of that contenders hurdle now that Nicky's had to run two in it because he's not going to he's, he's going to obviously have Constitution Hill at Christmas in the Christmas hurdle they're going to have to run somewhere and he's got a, a fine stable of two mile hurdles at the minute Yeah spot on mate, we'll move on to the three o'clock the Bristol Novices hurdle registered as another spud race uh, we've all been caught in six to four to beat Outlaw Peter Two to one, four to one. Thomas Moore, nine's Grand Soir, a hundred to one, and one hundred twenty-five. The two outsiders. We've all been caught. Jim promised on his hurdling debut when he chased home Hermes Allen uh, here last month. Big, big animal. Cost a lot of money uh, before his debut. It just looks like he'll stay very, very well. He did, but he was very green last time, wasn't he? If he shows any form of that outlaw, Peter is a more developed, tuned-in style of horse. And obviously the Nichols camp will know where they are with outlaw Peter and Hermes Allen, whereabouts they are. Um, Hermes Allen beat him ten and a half lengths last time. And coming into this race, of course, you, you put outlaw Peter into the turf top 12, um, ran a cracker in the uh, Persian War, and then comfortably brushed aside Sporting Ace, um, who didn't run too badly in a female <laughs> handicap the other day. Um, we'll have to step up again, Outlaw Peter, but I won't think it a big without the out of the realms. Um, at 2-1, I'd probably rather back him at this moment in time. I never thought at the start of the season he'd end up being over three miles. I know he was, uh, he'd was he won over two mile five. Um, but maybe... Um, Maybe he's the more developed type out of the two. Um, we've all been taught jumping was questionable. Like Lewis said, he, he plugged on and looked like he wants a fence already. Um, and it'd be right to say that I don't think we should rule out Thomas Moore either. Um, came from a point-to-point background and took uh, five goals to, to win uh, one of them. And then since two under rules, comfortably winning at Wing Canton, beating um, Twin Power and, and Last Royal, who's no mug either. Um, he'll need to step up again, but I, I, I certainly don't underestimate him in this race. Um, however, I, I am signing without Law Peter. That's fair, mate. I'm, I'm more of a, I'm more of a we've all been caught, man. As I said, I don't think I'll be betting in it. Because I think I think all the ones at the top of the betting have, you know, scope for progress. They're all trying a new trip. Uh, there are too many too many variables for me when I don't have a strong enough opinion on one of them in particular being miles better. Uh, but we've all been caught. I'd have as a favourite. I think he's a correct favourite, and I think probably possesses the most potential. Of those in this field, I put Outlaw Peter into this into the turf top twelve, thinking they're either going to go handicapping or novice chasing with him. 
and he's finished one up in a grade two hurdle and then won another novice event. So my plan for him is, is com- has been completely the opposite. I wouldn't have sent him down this route myself, but why not? Because he's got a lot of experience for for the sort of animal uh, that usually takes place in this race. Could well put it to good use. Uh, it's not going to be one I'll have a bet in. Uh, and if, if gun to my head, we've all been caught. But uh, again, I, I don't think I'd be talking you out of any any of the top four in the betting, really. Because I, I think all the cases for them are, are pretty sound and solid. Yeah. The final race at Cheltenham on Saturday, mate, is the Molson Cause Mare's Handicap Hurdle Fiat Glory for Nicky and Nico three to one to beat Martello Sky and Lady Adair who are fives each. Named the Terriers eleven to two, Indefatigable fifteen to two, I Spy a Diva nine to one and twenty two to one. But them, where are we going here, mate? Um. One of my best bets of the weekend will be in this race, and it's Martello Sky, a horse we've got an awful lot of time for. Um, of course, got swamped by the mighty Miranda in the listed race at Kempton over three miles, which I don't think would have seen as the best effect. Um, she was second to Molly Ollie's wishes when under tender care, I thought, and just outstayed at Weatherby. Um, down to a mark of 140, to a handicap she won last year off a mark of 140. Uh, beating Indefatigable, uh, who is here off the same mark as last year as well. Um, however, she saw more life this season than Indefatigable has. Aidan Coleman gets back on board, who is unbeaten in a border. Uh, and I think at 5-1, to one, you know what you're going to get with her. She goes over the course of distance. She's on a fair enough mark with a jockey that clearly gets on tremendously well with her. I thought at 5-1 to one was, it, was a cracking bet. I respect Theatre Glory. She did a lot of progression last year in Mayors, um, Novice Hurdles, unseated in the Jerry Field. And, um, I don't think she's as good as Martello Sky. And she's got three pounds to make up, of course, gets that in weight here. Um, but I, I'm just not sure she's as good as her. Uh, Lady Adair comes in this unbeaten and needs to improve on, on some of the hurdles for her. Jumping isn't, isn't perfect. Um, and I'd be slightly worried. Neither the Terriers sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place, struggling to get ahead in front nowadays. I just thought Martello Sky was a solid bet at five to one, and is one of my best bets of the weekend. Very keen on one in here as well, me mate. Go on. And it's it's the unbeaten Lady Adair, four from four so far for Harry Fry, but okay. You know, this is her first go in a race of this depth. First go in a handicap, opening mark of 130. That must be lenient based on her Utoxia maiden hurdle. And for a mare's maiden hurdle at Utoxia in October, the names that were in this race, it was so strong. And Lady Adair absolutely bullied them without really having to be asked for anything. Seven lengths back to get a tonic in second. You know, she had a really, really good season last year and returned to run finish runner up in the old fixed brush behind Botox has. Clearly, clearly strong form with the likes of run for Oscar and complete unknown and good risk at all in behind her. That's a good horse. And Lady Adair, bear in mind, he's, he's making her opening handicap uh, debut or something along those lines again. 
the words were not quite in the right order there. But, you know, if Gertonic is finishing runner-up in probably the most competitive staying hurdle we'll be getting this country until the attempts of 1-3-3, Lady Adair has beaten her by seven lengths without having to be asked for any real effort and goes into a handicap three pounds lower. That just looks wrong to me. And it's not just get a tonic. Good horses in behind her as well. Third place was Credo, who, okay, didn't really kick on over hurdles as much as some of the others in behind, but won over fences at Chepstow uh, last month from 107. Fourth and fifth tweed skirt, who, again, has been having a good time of things for Nikki, won on her uh, latest uh, completed out in well I say she was declared uh, to run at Warwick today but Kempton last time won over fences off 118 fifth was Holly who is now rated in the mid 120s fairly closely matched with Nina the Terrier on their meeting at Chepstow earlier this season all of that to me uh, points that Lady Adair is surely a better horse than a 130 horse and at 5 to 1 I think that's a bet I could apply similar comments to Fiesta Glory, but there's two. Uh, the thing is, I am more solid about about Lady Adair's form, about the horses she's been beating. I feel like I have a better grasp of the ones who were in behind her at Utoxia. I know that was on her hurdling debut, and she's run twice again since, but they were just pretty Mickey Mouse races, to be fair. One at five, uh, five to two on, and four to one on, on uh, falls on, so it's not like. You know, I don't want to read anything into them. But the Utoxia race is strong and she bullied them. And that, uh, coupled with the fact that she's 5-1, to one, whereas Fiat Glory is 3-1, to one, makes me want to side with Harry Fry's mare for all that. You know, the favourite could have similar comments applied to her in terms of uh, just being progressive and could potentially still be on an absolute gift of a mark in this sort of event. But yeah, Lady Adair, pretty strong selection for me. Well, taking each other on. Um, like you said, Pacey Brower and Lady Adair are clearly progressive types, but I think Marcel Sky sets the standard and they have to improve past it. That's fair, mate. That's fair. That's Cheltenham wrapped up for Saturday, pal. Anything you'd like to mention elsewhere? Donnie have a good race. The... Uh, the 205s there feature away from the Summit Juvenile Hurdle, in which the top two in the betting are also declared at Cheltenham. Uh, but other than that, quiet enough in England on Saturday. Yeah, in, in that 205, I've also got a bit of time for Castle Robin. Um, I mentioned um, Fern Hill early on uh, in the London Gold Cup. He beat him last season at Weatherby. And he beat Jerryville. Two nice horses who have been progressive. Uh, throughout the season, he was fourth uh, on seasonal reappearance behind Sounds Russian. Um, he just looked like he needed to improve for the run, uh, and then he wasn't seen to best best effect. He he's he he was slow in jumping, uh, and that amateur riders race won by a nice in Lambourn the other month, um, and hopefully he can get back to to winning ways here off a mark of one three four, which. I still think he's workable with him, and, and at 11 to 2, I think he's a decent bet uh, at Doncaster in that race. Um, 
There's nothing else on the card at Doncaster on on Saturday for me. There's one for me, mate, in the falling race of 240. The best bet of the weekend at Donnie's Heroic the Mold. Uh, ex-French horse who was just denied on his UK debut. Now with James, you were beaten just a short head at Newcastle last month. He's up four pounds, but just looks to me a horse who's going to have quite a productive campaign for uh, for James Hewitt this year. So lots of experience for a five-year-old. And his main opposition, the two behind him in the betting, Man Insane and Getaway Love, both won their latest outings. But I actually rate the form of Heroic the Mold second uh, higher than I do those pairs wins. Nine to four, I think it's a very, very fair price. He'll be winning races in this country very, very soon. Uh I say, Donny have a grade two um, of his chase as well. It's it's a very, very poor race and it's not worth talking about. Uh, again, Navin, a couple of competitive handicaps for them. The Fox Rock handicap chase has loads of names you'll recognise involved. Same with their staying handicap, which won for Oscar. Tops the betting for the likes of any second now, Eric Bloodaxe, Maze Runner, Arthur Ron. Uh, those types of horses all taking part there. Again, Jim, we'll, we'll briefly touch on Ireland on the Sunday. The John Durkin uh, is touch wood where Gallop and Deschamps will make his reappearance. He's 9-4 to four on already to beat Fakir Dudry, who's 6, has conflated 13-2. to two. Statler, 12. 16's Fury Road, 25's Bar. Uh, I, I don't really want to say penalty kick because I, I have so much respect for Fakir Dudry, and I think at this stage of the season, he's about as good a a bit of opposition Gallop and Deschamps would face it will be a test and he will have to perform but that being said just disappointing if he doesn't win yeah I agree he's the standard setter in this division uh, of course Gallop and Deschamps is going to go on and, and go the gold cup route more than likely um, however he is the standard setter Fakir Dudere he's a little bit on the high side of price um, he, he He's off the top of my head. First time out isn't exactly when to catch him. Um, he's normally had a trial before going into this race, and, and we haven't seen that this year. Um, maybe maybe the better ground has been not towards his liking, but um, six to one offers each way value for a horse. You know what you're going to get with him. Yeah, and I'd, I'd wager as well, pal, that in Ergamine will probably go off even shorter in the hilly way. Captain Guinness on paper the biggest threat there with the likes of Master McShee uh, also in the mix but that that should be a, a simple task for the champion chase on his return yeah um, hopefully he will be back in, in flying form in a, in a race that um, he used last year to go on to, to greater success beautiful stuff mate anything else you'd like to mention at the weekend um, not a lot there's, uh, there's that Carlisle card that I haven't had a proper look at on Sunday. That's that's normally a decent punting card for me. Um, but I think it might be a tri- tricky punting weekend this weekend. Yeah, th- again, n- n- nothing mega obvious for me either. Hereford have a very, very good card for their track as well. A good Class 2 handicap on the Saturday. The feature at 1.57. Uh, nap time, mate. 
I've already said it, so let's stick with it. Stolen silver in the December Gold Cup, just ahead of Heroic Demold. Um, that's that's fair enough. Mine now is going to be first street without the favourite at ninety two. Is that is that a good enough nap? Or if you're looking for one just single only rather than any that fancy pillar, but Marcelo's guy at five to one. Fair, fair. I was going to say we'd have to go to the stewards for that for a nap, but I'm I'll, I'm happy to allow it. I think I'll, I'll, have, I'll have Marcelo's guy. No, no. Te- take it without the favourite, Jim, because I think I've napped like fucking trebles before in the past. <laughs> so it's our podcast, really, isn't it? So we can do Who, what we are want. Are you going to stop me? No, yeah. Who's going to stop us? Who's going to stop us? The answer is either Darren O'Keefe or Owen O'Neill, according to the IHRB. (laughs) Thanks to everyone for tuning in to Turf Talk this week. We hope you've all enjoyed a decent listen. We hope you all uh, pick a few winners as well. We've been on a decent run of form. Let's hope it continues. Jim, thanks for being here, pal. And thanks for hosting once again. Yeah, thanks for everyone for being here. I forgot what I was going to say then. I'm normally shocking at opening the podcast, never mind saying bye. Uh, but thanks for everyone for sticking with us. And then we'll see you all again next week. Take care. You're doing this, uh...